So when I tell people that from the first year that I started a content creating about Korean teaching, I reached about 700k followers. People think that, wow, that was very crazy. How did it happen? It didn't happen overnight. Before this channel, I had applied four different contents to four other channels and it all failed. So I made the channel, tested out, and then deleted because it didn't work. Made something, it didn't work out, I deleted. Make a channel, I do some K-pop review, it didn't work out, so I deleted. And after all those four tries and errors, I found some format which fits to my personality and the needs of the world. I'm Jesse Clemens, and this is Creator Kit, where each week we shine the spotlight on awesome new tools and services for the creator economy and unpack how they might help you grow your creator business faster. Creator Kit is presented by Highbeam. Highbeam solves message overload for creators by organizing and prioritizing DMs and comments in one unified workspace, so you never miss an important message again. You can find us at highbeamapp.com. On this episode of Creator Kit, we talk to Ryan Hoon. Ryan is a founder and creator who goes by the name of Korean Hoon on TikTok and Instagram, amongst other places. Ryan has an audience of well over 2 million followers and has built a fast growing community business around his brand. On today's show, we talk about how experimentation led Ryan to find his niche, about the three secrets to creator growth, and about the benefits of dreaming bigger. Let's get to it. Ryan, thanks so much for joining Creator Kit. My pleasure. It's uh, really awesome to have you on the show. Just to give a little context for the audience, you and I have been friends for, I guess, a little less than a year now. We initially connected probably about seven, eight months ago in the earliest stages of High Beam when my co-founders and I were exploring some early ideas around online education, actually. And we've since transitioned to focus more on message management, but we've stayed in touch. And the reason that uh, we initially reached out to you and you were you know, so kind to spend some time with us was you have this incredible audience of learners and fans, and I guess more than an audience, it's a community. Would you mind spending 30 seconds describing what your uh, your presence and your company and your brand and your voice is all about? So I do some content creating named by Korean Hyun, and I teach Korean language to the English speaker by teaching through Instagram and TikTok, through all those entertaining Korean learning material. And it, as a result... I gathered a group of Korean learners from all around the world, Europe, America, East Asia, India, everywhere. We are a bunch of very kind-hearted, passionate Korean learners group. That's kind of a very rewarding research that I got from doing the content creating. Amazing. And for the audience, Ryan is quite modest when he describes a group and a community the current, I believe the current audience is somewhere in the 2.2 million range for TikTok, substantial numbers on Instagram as well, and then an even deeper community on some off uh, social platforms and, and some products that you've developed to own your community as well. So I, I would love to touch on that because I think it's really interesting to the audience that is um, looking to learn about using tools and potentially develop their own tools as creators. But first, a little more about you. What I find you're really compelling about your content is 
it's um, kind of a rare combination of being super approachable, friendly, and as you you know sort of described it, kind-hearted, but also fairly practical. Almost like there's there's a lot that can be found in your content of repetition and teaching of actually like really useful pieces of the, of the Korean language, but for real world applications. So a lot of your what I've observed from your especially most recent stuff is some skits, some enactments, and then practice. How did you arrive on that format, which seems to work really, really well for you? And the reason that I ask that is often to the untrained eye, content creation, when it works really, really well, seems like it just kind of happened. But I know from talking to you that you're an incredibly analytic-minded, analytics-minded person, and that you've done a lot of experimentation Anything you can share about how you first started and how you got to where you are today? So when I tell people that from the first year that I started uh, content creating about Korean teaching, I reached about 700k followers. So people think that, wow, that was very like crazy. How did it happen? Yeah. But then... On t- and TikTok was the first platform? Yeah, yeah on TikTok. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And then I say people, I say to the people that it didn't happen overnight because before this channel, I had applied four different contents to four other channels and it all failed. So I made the channel, tested out, and then deleted because it didn't work. Made something, created some vlog, it didn't work out, I deleted. Make a channel, I do some K pop review, it didn't work out, so I deleted. And after all those four tries and errors, I found some format which fits to my personality and the needs of the world. So it was after all those years of failure and trier, it ended up kind of a match to the needs and my own giving. So that's how it worked. Incredible. I had known that you had mentioned that you had worked on some prior concepts, but I didn't know that it was four pivots um, when I mentioned my own startup journey and experimenting with other ideas and the learning concept that you and I initially met over, Mm -hmm. I would consider that a, that a pivot from a startup sense. And one thing I've learned about the creator content game from talking to many creators is it's never like, or maybe not never, but it's rarely the first try. So it's cool to hear about your experimentation. So one thing that I'm really interested in, and that I think the audience would be interested in, we have an audience that's very sort of thoughtful about how they approach different tools, different services, all geared towards growth and all geared towards making their creator businesses and and creator efforts work. And we've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about for all different tools. We've had a lot of founders on the podcast showing their theories on the world and showing their tools and, and describing their tools. We haven't actually talked a ton on this podcast yet about the ways that creators use the big social platforms and the big uh, distribution platforms uniquely. And I know that you have had some thoughts about Instagram versus TikTok and the unique nature of each. I was really curious about how you think about these two like kind of mainstays of the creator game. So one of the biggest difference that I found about Instagram and TikTok was royalty of the audience. Because TikTok, it pops out on the For You page and people follow because they want to keep them on the list. They just put it on the following list so that they can search later on. On the other hand, Instagram, once you follow it, 
you see the creator on the stories. So you can see what they're actually doing in daily life. And then you can communicate better. It's easier to message them and receive messages and comment, receive comment, because Instagram is more of a connection between creator and the audience versus TikTok is more of a content, viral content itself. So there's not a huge portion of the creator relatively to the Instagram. That's so interesting. It kind of aligns with one thought that I heard where like, I forget who said this, but there was a commentator talking about the rise of TikTok. And this person said, you know, people keep calling TikTok a social platform. It's not really a social platform. It's actually a lot more like YouTube than it is Instagram. Kind of aligns with what you're describing. Exactly. Yeah. So does this mean that you have different audiences on the two platforms or are they the same folks that are finding you in multiple places and utilizing each place that they find you differently? Interestingly, the distribution of the country and the gender and age are very similar, TikTok, Instagram, but mm -hmm. the uh, interactions, when I launch some new course, I put it on the Instagram and TikTok. Although TikTok follower is 10 times bigger than Instagram audience, the exposure or actual visiting to my website is more accord on the Instagram. Interesting. What do you attribute that to? I attribute to story feature Instagram and the design itself makes a difference because if you turn on the TikTok, viral content pops up, not the followers, not the following creators' content. But Instagram, the following creators' content pops over the main page. So I think the aim is different. Got it. So are you tailoring your content differently for each platform or republishing similar stuff on both? I honestly have been uploading exactly same contents to both platforms for the past okay. two and a half years. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. So that's an even better scenario to look at the difference in, in the power of each platform, given that it's the same content. I was going to say, oh, are you, you know, are you pitching people over to your website stronger on Instagram? But it, it really seems like it's um, much more about like what people what audience members themselves are looking for from each platform, which is really interesting. That's very analytic viewpoint that you have. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we think hard about this stuff. Um, <laughs> and I know you think you think really hard about it too, like the utility of each platform type. One thing I was really cool to discover pretty soon after you and I first started was that you have uh, developed an owned and operated platform as well, which is also titled Korean Hoon, if I'm not uh, mistaken. It's an app that is a combination of learning modules, community, uh, exclusive content, and it's published to the app stores. How does that fit into the mix? It's it's really cool and unique for a, a creator like you to just you know go out and decide to create an owned and operated platform in addition to what I'm sure is an extremely time-consuming job of just keeping the main social platforms uh, well-produced. I have to tell you a little bit of a history of making generating revenue through my creating life. I think this will be helpful for mm. other podcast listener. Definitely. Many of the creator rely on advertisement. So they receive some advertisement from the company. They do it. They get paid depending on the audience size. But I didn't want that. I didn't want to spend some time advertising something I don't care. So I decided to sell my own stuff. And for me, as I'm teaching Korean language, I wanted to sell some Korean language courses. So at first, 
I use the platform called Kajabi. They lock the contents. If people pay it, they unlock the content. It's very simple. First, I sold one content, which is a Korean pronunciation course for $97 per lifetime access. And then as time goes by, I made multiple courses and then changed into the subscription model where people can subscribe with $29 and where they can access everything. As I used the Kajabi, I was really, really satisfied because it has one of the best email sequence feature and like a course's outline is very beautiful. But one thing which kept me feel unsatisfied was I want people to communicate within the platform. I want students to upload their study journey or speaking video so that people can like see each other and motivate each other. So I decided to make my own app because when people film their speaking video, they have to move it to the computer and upload it on the website. That's too much trouble. So I wanted to make an app where people can directly upload from their camera and then to some kind of a place where we can share our thing. And that leads to the kind of an app service. And I thought it will be much better for people to subscribe because they just like do the finger fingerprints and then they can pay the money. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Removing some of the friction from the actual purchase. Yeah. Super cool. Okay. So you have done a couple of things to kind of recap. You've created a learning software that puts, you know, first of all, makes it really easy to publish, which strikes me as really important because when you were talking about the shooting, the video part, if I was thinking about learning another language, I may feel vulnerable to some degree about my pronunciation. It may take a lot for me to decide to put myself out there after practicing for some time. And if there's an additional hurdle of, oh, wait, not only do I have to like get up the courage, but I have to find a place to upload this video and make it even harder, like I'm much less likely to do it. So reducing the friction sounds really important. And then the community aspect of it is something I'm, I'm curious about, and that is a lot of creators refer to their audience as a community. For some creators, that is really true because there's a lot of interaction. For other creators, it's more of an audience than anything else. And they're, they're kind of um, exaggerating maybe the community element of it. And I think one of the reasons is that the native or the social platforms and the native communication tools within them are geared towards this like one-to-many publishing. What made you decide to prioritize community within the Korean Hoon app? And was it stuff that you were seeing happening already within your audience and community? Or was it like features that are lacking on the big platforms that, and you knew you would have to like create this environment to make it happen? So one of the unique thing about our service is that we make people to duet video to practice Korean speaking. So I do the A part, it's kind of a skit. I do the A part and then people play this video on part of it and they record themselves speaking over here. So in the end, it's connected. So it feels like people are having a conversation to each other. That's awesome. I found this format of content very good. And then people make really, really good video. So I used to save all those video on the Discord where people make like phenomenal contents, but it goes away. It goes down and disappear. So I wanted to archive those contents because when there's no feature like this, I have to be the one who constantly have to make the contents 
and to show to the world that this kind of a service exists. However, when students start to make their own contents and advertise with their own contents to every social platform that they have, that's a complete game changer because the amount of contents created on our service exponentially grows when people start to have a power to create. I think that's also same applied to TikTok because people make videos on TikTok and the logo over here made everything so much changed. Yeah, totally. That was like a really eye-opening moment for me because when I first saw TikTok, maybe it was musically at the time, but anyway, it was really early on and I saw that the, the like share, like the export feature was like really prominent. And my first instinct was like, oh man, what are they doing? Like they're letting all their best content go out into the world for free. And it turned out that this was the master like genius move of the app was that TikTok watermark, you know, frankly, mostly on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Instagram has since deprioritized any video that has the TikTok logo on it and really prioritized organic content and reels, or um, I guess I should call it native content. So is that similar to what you're describing? Like people can um, publish out and share easily? Yeah, that's a free marketing, actually. One of the best way to marketing. Yeah. And I think that's essential for these days. People create their own contents in our service platform and they just stay distributed by their own themselves. And that's kind of a wildfire. That's how buyer contents made. That's the vibe I wanted to give it to our service. Amazing. That's genius. So I have another uh, related question to you, I guess, zooming out. So a lot of people find it very hard to be a successful creator on TikTok, Instagram, just getting started can be very overwhelming. Then the people that are successful, which I think is an increasing number of people as the tools get easier, but, and as like best practices grow, but the people that are successful start to look at like what other tools and services can they use that will complement that growth and potentially, you know, help them grow faster. For, so your example is perfect. You went to Kajabi and you're like, oh, there's this other thing that works and I can put it in a, in a sequence with my free content and actually start to earn a living from the work that I do. And there's a good chunk of people that do that. It's very, very rare to have someone, at least in my experience and from the conversations I've had over the last year, who takes it to the final step and says, the stuff that's out there is not good enough. I need to create the software or service that's perfect for me. And I'm going to do this in-house, develop it and publish it out in the world. How do you successfully navigate not one, not two, but three of those things, including uh, publishing your own software? And would you recommend that to a lot of people? Like your experience sounds like it's been positive, but I imagine it's not for everybody. Dealing with developers and publishing software is uh, a whole nother skill set. I think it depends on how big your dream is. Because if you create contents well, if you get a good like advertisement, you make a lot of money. I heard some of my friends who have a 1 million follower on TikTok contract with the KFC. They pay for like uh, 15,000 grand per one video. So I was like, ooh, that's a lot. So yeah, they can make a good chunk for of K money. For K like KFC? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Selling fried chicken. Who would have thought uh, you could make that kind of money? Exactly. Uh, so if you want that, that's great. If your audience gets bigger and bigger, you will make more and more money. But you have to constantly work for it. You have to constantly be the creator until your career ends. 
I didn't want that. I wanted to make some system which goes along even without my participants in the end because I know I'm getting old. If I'm getting too old, it might be less value that I have as a creator. It's kind of a thinking. Mm. So if you want to make money with the advertisements and then your participation throughout the time, I think focusing on creating better contents and looking for a better audience is, is a better way. Also, not to mention looking for a good brand deals, good companies. Having a good manager will help you a lot with that. However, I didn't want to make ads for other companies. I wanted to sell my own service, especially for language teaching. There are a lot of Korean teachers out there who can help on our platform. And I wanted to make it a service where everyone can come here and teach Korean and get paid and the money circulates on our platform. So kind of it's a direction of a difference. Cool. It reminds me a little bit of some of the philosophy, like there's some overlap between philosophies in the content creation world and creator world and the real estate world, because there's in the real estate world, it's all about like setting up, you know, putting time and effort into a crew, a system that eventually kicks off passive income. And in the creator world, especially if you have your own brand, you're, you're the face of the brand, like your business, for example, depends on Ryan. If you're not producing content at some point, the business might uh, continue to evolve in other directions, but the business as it is today is unlikely to be successful if Ryan's not producing content. But at the same time, the other motions that surround your current efforts are very scalable and are very, you know, can be set up in a way that is maybe not completely passive, but near passive and allow you to scale to a much bigger dream as you described it. I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's exactly what I intended. Yeah. Awesome, man. I know that you had some topics that uh, we can get into if you have a few more minutes around growth. I know we talked about the sort of the distribution hack of making sure your brand is on video as it gets circulated. But I would love to hear just briefly what worked for you in the early days of TikTok and then, you know, Instagram as well. There were three rules that I strictly kept for about a year. I think it can be too much for some many creators, but I wanted to share this because a lot of people who are watching the, this podcast are creators themselves. So we're kind of uh, like companions and I want to help you from the bottom of my heart. Love it. And love it. Few things that I really want to share was you want to be on the main feed. That's your ultimate goal. If you don't put your creation on the main feed on Instagram or like a search feed on the Instagram or for you page on the TikTok, it'd be really hard for you to grow exponentially. You can just go and click the likes and comment to your target audiences, get a follow back, but that's so limited. You cannot grow your account like that over time. So your goal is to put your contents on the main feed. And how are you going to do it? You have to make a contents which platform likes and you have to be an account which platform likes. So to speak, your contents have to be shared a lot organically and viewed a lot. For that one, I always emphasize on making a contents which brings the emotions of the audiences. 
which generate the emotion. If you make some kind of a plain, modest, not fun video, people don't watch it. But if you make some entertaining content, which like surprises the audiences, give some like deep insights or value, people feel some emotion by themselves. And that's the magic point where people comment or like or share the content. Yeah. By that, Instagram, oh, this content, if I share it in the main feed, people are going to stay on our platform longer. So that's one thing I want to share. And also, you have to be an account which platform likes. You have to upload regularly at the same time. For me, for the first one year, I uploaded at 9 p.m. South Korean time every single day for about a an year. And then so at first, platform just saw it. Okay, this account is doing well because traffic is their asset. When you think about the traffic Instagram that gives to you and then or some unreliable creator who just disappeared for about a month and months, it's a waste of traffic for Instagram to give. So they want a royal creator and the royalty is seen by the upload intervals at the time. So make an emotional contents and upload it at the regular time. I think that would be the golden rule for growing your audience exponentially. Amazing. What I like about those two rules is like, they're not super complicated, but they may be surprising to people. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the best rules of thumb or the best, you know, growth rules, they're fairly simple rules, but, uh, you know, not many people are publishing consistently and not many people are thinking hard about the emotions that their content might drive. You use a lot of humor. Does that, do you consider humor as one of the like top priorities? For me, I wanted to make a positive emotion by watching yeah. my contents. So at the first time I just spoke like this, but if you become a creator, you're going to have more expressive faces. Like, so I start to do like, like kind of a start like this and like laugh a yeah. lot. All those kind of your facial expressions make people, I think they stimulate their mirror neuron kind of thing. They can create the emotion too, or just make skits fun. They can make people laugh. All those are aimed to be on the main page. So on the under level to arouse the emotion of the audiences, those are kind of a strategies inside of my contents. Awesome. Makes sense. And on the regular uploading of content, how did you balance the, how do you still balance the rigor and the like demands without getting burned out? That's the most difficult thing. Cause throughout a half, two and a half year, I seriously contemplated to delete my account and get away from everything. Cause it's crazy. You have to wake up, think of the contents, make one, yeah. upload before the time. Yeah. I don't think that's healthy if you don't enjoy it. Like either you're going to enjoy a lot of attention or either you're going to be dream of making a lot of money or either you're just making video is just your passion. Right, right. People have to be crazy at least one of those things to continuously do the creating, I think. Yeah, and ideally all three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you employ batching? Do you produce video up front and stagger it out? Or are you the type that, you know, each day is a different day and so you want to produce something that day? For me, it was easy because language has a lot of variety. And I just wake up and then think of the expression that I like to teach. And I just instantly think of it in front of the camera. I don't even know what I'm going to film before I stand. But I set the camera. 
if I look handsome, I feel better, it makes a better content. So it's also important to find a format or some category where you can constantly produce the contents over time. Got it. Got it. Sort of a playbook that works. And then, but then you also leave room for some experimentation along the way. Yeah. I, I noticed some more, I don't, I guess they're not duets, but like uh, referencing of, of like other creators or other viral videos. And obviously that's like a super core part of the TikTok experience. That's a balance too, because it's like, on one hand, you have a very clear brand and a very clear format, which you described as being like super key to the success. But on the other hand, there are certain requirements for collaboration and cross-referencing of other viral videos and stuff like that. And I'm talking mostly about TikTok at this point. It seems like Instagram will bring a lot more of that functionality soon. I saw some of the recent announcements around more formal collabs and stuff. Yeah. How, how do you balance like keeping your brand super clear and crisp versus like collaboration? So all I do is just teach one Korean language per content. So I teach one Korean expression per one video. That's kind of a theme which goes straight to my content's identity. But if you teach yeah. Korean language for two years, it's out of uh, expressions. So you teach the same thing and same thing. I didn't want it to do it over time with the same format. So I'm applying a new kind of a format. But still, I want to touch my soul of one expression per one video. That's one thing that I can keep to my identity. Got it. Got it. So the core remains the same. And then some of the, the outside stuff uh, changes as you try different things. Makes sense. Wow. I know we're a little over with the time that we had planned. Oh. So um, <laughs> I really, really appreciate you spending the extra time with us. This was, uh, this was amazing. Are there any other uh, topics you wanted to hit before we move to the closing? Um, one of the frustration that I have is that I wanted to get inside of the high beam service and then see, but I couldn't do it yet. So if I knew that I could have just like approach it in a way that what's really helpful, what's really amazing with the service, but it's a little frustrating yeah. that I cannot talk about that right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we'll make sure that next time we have you on when the, the, the service is actually available, we can cover some of those things, but we're getting there soon, man. We're, we're really excited to have some stuff uh, ready for you to play around with, and then we can we can uh, hopefully cover it next time. Yeah, use me as a model. <laughs> would love to, would love to. Cool. So for folks that aren't already following and want to know where to find you, what are the best places? In TikTok and Instagram, if you type Korean H-O-O-N, you will find my account. Also, if you go to the website called koreanhoon.com, you will see all the platforms of service you can use as a reference to develop your own audiences and your own product as a creator and a service maker. Amazing. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. This was a, a really interesting chat. I learned a lot about everything ranging from like how you manage your your day-to-day -day and avoid burnout all the way to how you think about the different platforms and growth and um, man, a lot coming out of this conversation. So I really appreciate it. Looking forward to talking again soon. And, and thanks again for coming on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Good to talk with you, Jess. All right. Great to talk to you. See Bye. you later. See. Bye. 
that wraps this excellent episode of Creator Kit. If you like this episode, please don't forget to leave us a rating on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a huge difference to us, and it just takes a click. Creator Kit is brought to you by Highbeam, the message management solution for creators. For more creator resources, visit us at highbeamapp.com or follow us on Twitter. See you next week.